Hello and welcome to the best kept secret in all of Zelda podcasting. Uh, that's right, it's ASAP Weekly, a Zelda show. I think that's the name, the Legend of Zelda show. I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, I'm, you're the one uh, you're... It, so I sure hope you know what it's called. I forget what we decided, uh, but <laughs> uh, what I what I will say is um, I'm is joined the best kept uh, secret because nobody can find it because the name changes every week. Uh, yeah, we we don't use any SEO, um, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the best guess secret because every game that i get uh that i um sorry because uh, our, our former podcast uh just you know <laughs> our former podcast that we are no longer releasing episodes on uh is getting more 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 views than this show. <laughs> honestly um, uh, honestly a lot of those might just be my girlfriend she listens to them when i go on business trips you actually let's say yeah. no, that's that's so cool okay that's awesome <laughs> all right well listen we got at least a fan here uh so okay uh i don't i don't know how to like up that but okay awesome uh so uh, pressure's on okay because like <laughs> zero zero listeners or we could have a hundred listeners Right, but the fact that she's listening, oh, pressure's on. Uh, so, so, um, uh, I don't. Yeah, my relationship I'm, I'm rides on the quality of our. Uh, I've no exactly podcasting. the pressure. You know, Matt has always joked that that he never wanted to know like what was happening in the behind the scenes of the podcast uh, to not feel pressure. But now I feel like I have the pressure. <laughs> uh, uh, but okay, uh, where was I? I was just gonna say that I am your kind of host for this one. I'm I'm your like fake host, you know. But the real host is Matt, who's joining me today. Yes. Because today we're talking about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the one of the most foundational games of gaming, the greatest of all time to some people, the GOAT as it were, um, has an insane like Metacritic rating, though it's older than like most websites that would be on Metacritic, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> this is the game where Zelda broke into 3D. This is this is at the forefront of 3D gaming, um, and its design decisions echo down to us today. Um, and I think honestly, that's probably a good place to start. You know, normally we start with the story, uh, the gameplay. No, no, we're going to talk about the stuff that this game innovated that we still kind of use today. And, I like this. Okay. Uh, there are two like main things that kind of were added with this game that, you know, a lot of, there might've been some primitive versions of these mechanics in other games. So these are the really, this is really the game that put these things on the map and mm -hmm. we still use them today. And the two things are, Z targeting or just targeting. We don't have a Z button anymore. <laughs> um, where you can it's highlight so an enemy. It had Z in front of it. Yeah, you <laughs> highlight an enemy and it focuses the camera on that enemy and allows you to. It, it switches your movement from uh, open in a three dimensional space to relative to that enemy, as if you're on a circle now, like radiating out from that enemy. Um, the other thing is contextual buttons. So prior to Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, um, pretty much a, like a lot of games just kind of, uh, things would have a dedicated button. Um, mm -hmm. now there was some, that's not to say that Ocarina of Time is the first one to have a contextual button. Contextual buttons existed, like hitting the A button to like talk to someone, activate something. That was that's kind of like the prototype for this of having like contextual button uh, information, um, mm. but really that was more like you're hitting behind the scenes. That was always the same thing. Like you're you're hitting A to activate uh, a game object. Like if it's a trash bin or a person, uh, it's the same thing behind the scenes. You are hitting A to activate the interaction script right okay okay um, yeah you're with me so like with this game the a button uh will tell you what it's going to do and it's a 
you, you have a variety of different things. Like you can climb a thing, you can open a door, you can talk to someone, you can uh, roll. Um, it, it, it's really, it's far more dynamic. It's really like the first like major iteration of this idea of like it's it's less of it's less of the old like in the older game like especially the first Zelda's we we're looking at where it's it's just a let's talk to someone button right yeah and yeah. now it's it's actually expanded on that idea yeah, yeah it's it's more than like past Zelda games past games in general like we're still like this is N64 this is this is the beginning of 3D like games mm-hmm. um and this is really like when we're starting to see like let's we don't need to have like 20 different buttons to do 20 different things we can just have one button do 18 different situational things and then two other buttons right yeah um but the main one is the targeting that that one you can see today in like elden ring uh jedi survivor like uh three-dimensional g- action adventure games tend to have a lock-on even if it's not a hard lock-on like uh spider-man games batman games have soft lock-ons locking on to enemies so that the player can like navigate around them and uh more easily attack them is such a staple we don't even notice it anymore half the time and this is the game that really started it because this is this is the concession to make 3d combat work Mm mm-hmm uh, because if you have to control the, if you have to control the camera and like control your person's little facing, it like 3D is just infinitely clunky. Uh, but this allows that whole system to work. Um, so would I say, like one of the because we're we're already like throwing some praise at this game. Would you say that um, specifically? with this like like is this game revered because of its like invention of of mechanics that are seen like 30 years later or is it is there other stuff to this game is it is it or is it really just like okay this revolutionized everything so i, I think that, it's i, I think it's like a there. mixture of things like mm-hmm. one it revolutionized everything there's like so this is this is the era of games where things are just starting to go into like the third dimension they're figuring stuff out like um this is when mario 64 happens this is when um and this is when like things don't work like um the sonic games infamously did not have an easy transition to the third dimension uh some might say they still aren't having a good transition to the third dimension Uh, (laughs) okay sonic adventure battle 2 come on (laughs) best game ever made best game ever made I'll, I'll give you like adventure two actually is uh fundamentally more of a sound game than a lot of stuff that came out after and before it <laughs> um it still has some really weird things like no my nostalgia is always right okay <laughs> <laughs> um it's better than adventure one uh adventure one is rough uh there was an adventure one <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like everyone um, who owned a GameCube had that game. Anyway, sorry, uh, side tangent. That's fair. Okay, let's continue like, on. Battles were fun. Um, I remember, you know, smashing buttons, uh, trying to figure out how the heck that worked in your basement. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a really pioneering game. This also did did really really well. Like, I can't understate how like. This is this is one of the first outings in like 3D for an established 2D franchise, and they knock it out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. The structure of this game, the uh, how the the game flow is just pitch perfect. Like this game is so good that they were able to just re we'll talk about it later in the next episode, but they were able to just kind of take the assets from this, take the engine, <laughs> remix it in a year and make an arguably better game. Um, <laughs> that is also a masterpiece in its own, in its own right. Like uh, this game is so, this game holds up so well. Like, I mean, 
that's not to say like you need to go out and get an N64 to play this. Like, no, no, <laughs> a 3DS game. That's that's more accessible and like better because like. I mean, this is an N64 game. There's just unavoidable things that come with that. Like, uh, this game. If was... you've never played an N64 game, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this game, gorgeous for its time, hideous by modern standards. <laughs> um, but that's just like how things looked back then. Like, um, it you're you're not going to get anything better than that on the N64. Um, so, you know, play the remake, it just kind of, like, smooths a couple things out, uh, makes the Water Temple a bit more navigable. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to the Water Temple. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, bounce. like, that's, that's the mechanical stuff. This game, like, really well put together, revolutionized 3D gaming at the beginning of 3D gaming, uh, a masterpiece to stand the test of time. Um, I love this game. Uh, Amazing. It's not my, can, can it's I just not ask my you favorite here? Zelda game either. I just love this. You game. just love it. Perfect. I was gonna ask, like, how does it compare to like the like when did um the Mario games kind of like that were releasing around this time? Like, how does it compare to that? Especially that like when when was uh, the first 3D Mario game? Uh, let me check. So Mario 64 came out in 1996. And mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, I think it was 1998? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1998, yes. I did remember that correctly. There it is. Um, and, like, would you say that, the, like, from the just the platforming kind of... I guess they're different games. I guess it's kind they're, of hard. They're complete, like, comparing yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah. Mario 64 revolutionized, like, making something into 3D. a 3D game. <laughs> like, it's one of the first, like, 3D games and it Ever. like yeah <laughs> um and it does it does a phenomenal job it, it like platform 3d collectathon platformers became an entire genre because of mario 64 mm-hmm. um some some uh ips made it some didn't you know rest in peace bubsy i guess uh, <laughs> actually no Peace is too good for Bubsy. Uh, just rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I, I didn't know we had moral enemies in, in the in the in the nineties here, but I guess we no, do. Just, <laughs> video games. Bubsy's is one of those like things that tried to be like a mascot character, failed, and then tried to be ironic about how bad it was. <laughs> and I don't That's like things double like fail. that. <laughs> yeah, they they're like, oh yeah, we were totally going for it. Like it's so cool to like not be. Yeah, it's you know. so cool to be awful, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's see. Um. Yeah, like these were. So Ocarina of Time just really kind of set a bar and it set it in the stratosphere. <laughs> um, you know, there's people to this day who will just still argue that Ocarina of Time is just one of the greatest games of all time, even after like everything else has come out. I don't agree with those people, but they they do exist. That is worth mentioning. Uh, well, just I, the legacy I think... of this game. I think maybe like maybe like the way we can think about it is kind of like it's it's the 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 of all the games we've talked about it's the most pioneer it's the most like built off of game right because like objectively yeah. okay some of the if you have a hundred gigabyte game <laughs> into we I think we're talking about this appreciate right like the like the twenty twenty three game awards it's like. It's very hard for for somebody to show someone a game from 2023 and then show them Ocarina of Time and be like, no, Ocarina of Time is the better game, right? Like, there's a very difficult thing to say. However, um, I think I think it is uh, maybe maybe fair to say that, especially anything like in those years around it, it was it was incredible. Um, yeah, and I like- think. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it, to kind of put into perspective how rapidly gaming was changing. So so this game comes out in 1998, right? Mm-hmm. Doom came out in 1993. Mario okay. 64 comes out in 1996. 
Um, like, and then you, you by two thousand we have Deus Ex. Like, um, you know the this like seven year span we go from like Doom to Deus Ex in like because like Doom is like. 3D in the sense that like there's environments to walk around, but it's all like you're shooting at like sprites. Um, and so then, like... Super Smash Bros. Melee <laughs> comes out 2001. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like it's insane how fast gaming like evolves over these years. Um, mm-hmm. It indirectly iterates on each other. Um, oh god, I forgot Melee's 2001. That's like three years after this. Wild. <laughs> Wild, wild stuff um so like that's legacy let's let's get into the story a little bit because this game has yes, a full and complete story this actually has like this actually has a pretty decent plot to it i'll, I'll uh say that um it's, it's definitely where any... where the the story's complexity actually starts because i think like especially take the first couple of other games we've covered yeah it's like link to the basic past kind of like starts on this path of like mm-hmm. having some complexity you know i i raved about like you know you started like it's a stormy night you have to like break into the castle your uncle's dead mm-hmm. killed by the guards there's a coup you rescue the princess and you escape uh in an, in an epic escape scene i'm like oh this is amazing for the time like this game has way more plot than that um mm-hmm. so uh this game starts off you're a kid you're in the kiri forest they're like forest elves basically like little like fairy children basically um it, it's actually kind of cute uh how they play it because uh they kind of give them an ephemeral quality because uh they they take advantage of the draw distance uh mm-hmm. i believe somebody might correct me on this that's fine but I'm pretty sure the Kokiri have like a shorter draw distance than most other NPC models. Mm-hmm. So they actually like fade out of existence. <laughs> like if you get a little far away from them, it just gives them this like, uh, they're like spirits of the forest kind of vibe to them. Um, mm-hmm. That I believe humans and Gorons and Zoras, they have like a bit more draw distance to them. So like uh, they don't, they don't fade out as noticeably. Um, and like the, you, you can see the fairies that like follow the Kukiri around, um, from a distance. It's really cool. I love it. Anecdote aside, uh, you start off your link. You're the Kukiri without a for without a, without a fairy. Um, Mm -hmm. and the game opens with a fairy flying through the forest, kind of does these like wide sweeping shots. It's really nice, especially for the time. Um, and it comes to, I'd argue like. Especially the 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 um, the wide shot visuals are already very different from any game that I'd played before this, right? Like time, yeah. like what I'm talking about when they were released, right? Just yeah. just the ability to kind of do those like wide pan zooms and make it more yeah, theatrical. Like, I think it's great. I, like it, it's again, it, it's it's weird to praise a game like oh, it does a wide shot, but like this is a this is one of the first like wide shots in gaming, <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, the fairy arrives at Link's house and it introduces itself as Navi, um, and that you have to go speak to the great Deku tree and you go, you kind of mess around a Kukiri village. You see all your little friends, they kind of make fun of Link a little bit, but they like realize you have a fairy now and you're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. You kind of get the feeling that Link's a bit of an outsider here and, you do a couple chores, you get a sword, you get a shield, because you need to, the, like, headman of the village won't let you go to the Deku tree, because there's, like, uh, Deku Babas uh, that are in the way. Uh, you get those, you fight through them, you get to uh, the great Deku tree, who's a big And that's kind of the tutorial this... section, right? Yeah, like, it's you, just kind of tutorializing, like, especially Z-targeting, because, like, that's that's a very new concept in gaming. And also, there's also a couple of neat touches they introduce here, like uh, Link automatically jumps when he comes to a uh, edge. There's no jump button in this game. It's all automatic jumping, which... Well, that's fun. <laughs> which is it's really cool, because, like, um, <laughs> this is a thing that Zelda will do... Uh, for 
pretty much up until Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is a dedicated jump button because it's important for how that game works to have one, but uh, up till then, this was the standard for Zelda is that, like, jumping was just an automatic thing. Um, so, like, there's platforming elements, but they're not, like, the most, like, focused part. Uh, yeah. yeah. You you go to the Deku Tree. He's sick. He needs help. You go and ins- you go inside. You fight a big spider. You kill it. Uh, you get a little a weird emerald stone. You're like, what the heck is this? The Deku Tree is just like, okay. By the way, I'm still dying. I'm gonna die now. Um, but before I die, you're not a Kokiri. You're a human. It turns out, Link. <laughs> uh, it ter- well, you, sorry, you're a Hylian, not a human different thing um it turns out link is a survivor of a war that happened like seven years ago um where like a lot of the hylians were killed um and his uh mom took him to the deku tree and begged him for like uh you know refuge and then she died um and the Deku Tree raised Link as if he was a Kokiri, but he's not. He's a Hylian. Um, which is why he didn't get a fairy. Uh, it's why he's aging, which is uh, different from everyone else. It's why he's been an outcast his whole life. And he, the Deku Tree basically tells you, like, you have to go to the to the Hylians at Hyrule Castle. Uh, you know, there's an evil that's growing in this land, and you need to, like, deal with it. Uh, and you go... Uh, you sneak into the castle. There's a whole fun, like, quote-unquote fun stealth sequence. Um, some people will like it. Some people don't. Um, I'm kind of mixed. Um, you go there. There's a lot more stuff happening, though, like already from what we said. The... Yeah, like, I'm skipping so much. That's an owl I haven't even mentioned. We don't need to talk about <laughs> Kipora Gebora. No, um, we don't. But, but I, I think enough. the point is... is the owl is, is talks like... enough. <laughs> from from the from like the world building perspective of the plot right like just just from the um the amount of like i guess content because sometimes like i think i think that's the thing like we talk about like oh this is the general story of a game and i i think where and we'll take like pokemon for instance right i think where those games sometimes fail is that the plot is like okay there's build bad guys and you got to go free something and that's really it that's like plot related yeah and it's more like the-, the world of the pokemon that's the interesting thing while here you can actually go individual parts of the plot are like further through the game itself like yeah, I guess like when i'm, I'm talking about pokemon games i'll often be like uh yeah, so you go and uh, the team team whatever is being really mean, and then blah 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 blah, blah. and then you fight the then you fight God and save the world, <laughs> <laughs> and like the in between parts don't really matter. They're, like there's a lot of stuff going on and characters you're meeting and interacting with. Like there's Saria, who's the one Kukiri who's like been nice to you, uh, Mido, the headman I mentioned, who's kind of a bully. Um, there's, you know, and you talk with all these Kukiris, they have their own little personalities and stuff going on. They tell you stuff that foreshadows things and tells you about treasures that you're going to find later, but you don't find now. And I'm not even going to talk about all that stuff because we'd be here all day. Uh, <laughs> but you talk with Zelda and she's just like, oh, an evil coming through the land. Well, I don't like um, this Ganondorf guy. He's from the Gerudo people to the southwest um and uh he's like the advisor to the king my father and i don't trust him um what you need to do is uh there's the master sword in the temple of time and you need to get it in order to get it you need to get the three sacred gems you already have the one from the great deku tree uh the other two are with the gorons and the zoras and uh she basically sends you off on on your way and you go uh to the gorons and you help them dodongo cavern it's a really cool area um you you like make friends with the gorons you go to the zoras you make friends with the zoras the zora princess falls in love with you princess bruto uh this (laughs) is a thing this is just a this is a thing that just keeps happening in zelda games where the zelda where the you just walk around and like everybody stares at you (laughs) just falls in love with link uh it happens in breath of the wild too uh and uh, and some people will say it happens in the inverse in Breath of the Wild, where they just fall in love with the Zora Prince. Uh, 
<laughs> people really like Sidon. Uh, anyway, um, and you go into uh, their like resident fish god Jabu Jabu. You go into his belly, and it's like you're in this like organic dungeon. It's really well done. It's really interesting. Uh, you fight some parasites. You you clear up his infection. Jabu Jabu's healthy again. The fish, the Zora are happy. Uh, give you the you get the sacred gem because Rudo had it. Uh, and she gives it to you as like an engagement gift. Uh, but Link doesn't really like pay attention and just takes it. So now you're engaged to uh, Zora royalty, and you don't know. Um, and you take the three sacred gems, you're going back to Hyrule Castle, and you get to Hyrule Castle Gate, and, uh, Impa, uh, Zelda's caretaker, and Zelda ride away on a horse, uh, at, like, full speed out the gate. Uh, Zelda, like, throws something into the moat, and, uh, then Ganondorf, like, chases after them. He stops for a minute, because... Uh, they, they're like ahead of him and he like stops and he like mm-hmm. looks at you like, you boy, did you see anything? And you're like, no. <laughs> and he's just like, if this, was, mm. if this was a choose your own adventure game. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, mm, I don't trust this child. Um, and you go, uh, he, he like rides off and then you find out like, you find out later he's, he's killed the king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can't do anything about it yet. Come on. No, no you're not like, at that point. He he has he has begun his coup. Um, but uh, you need to go get the master sword. So you go grab the uh, uh, thing that Zelda threw, and it's the Ocarina of Time. And it, she, when you pick it up, like a spell goes off and teaches you the song of time and with the three sacred gems and the song of time you're able to open the sanctuary in the temple of time and there's the master sword you go you pick it up and it's seven years later uh because can we can we can we yeah before we get into this part of this game uh can i just ask you one thing like with with ganondorf there right Yeah, yeah um uh would this be probably the most fleshed out as a character that ganondorf's been um, or would you argue in the last game so is already far? like you mean so character far? was already so far yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll, oh, we'll get into the way way more fleshed out as a character so far like characters talk about Gandorf, you learn about his backstory you learn about when you go to the gerudo later on we'll get to that um mm-hmm. they talk more about him as a person and mm-hmm. who he is in society and why he is the way he is um mm-hmm a lot more he's much more fleshed out uh before he's just the evil pig guy he, he's like in, in, prior to this point ganondorf is kind of like satan <laughs> not, not that he's Fair like enough. a devil but he's just like referred to as like oh you know he's the evil force magic thing that's gonna like just big bad all. The, yeah like, he's the general big, big evil bad. generally bad thing without any redeeming qualities this is Ganon without an explanation. This is Ganondorf, <laughs> and he is explicitly like a person before he becomes like a giant evil pig monster. Uh, we'll get yep. to that. Um, okay, now now here's the juice. <laughs> yeah, so it's seven years later because, uh, as you find out, um, the Rauru, the uh, Sage of Time, um, t- talks to you and he's just like hey yeah so we kind of like took you you when you picked up the master sword you opened the portal to the sacred realm we kind of took you there and put you in stasis for seven years uh because you would have died like link with the master sword as a child versus ganondorf would have just (laughs) ended in link's death (laughs) So they kind of isolated him in the sacred realm for seven years until he's an adult. And now you can go and gather the power you need to go and defeat Ganondorf because that's actually possible for you now. Also bad news. You opened a portal to the sacred realm. This was entire <laughs> everything you've done has basically played into Ganondorf's plan. Um, 
because he couldn't get the Triforce of Power because the Sacred Realm was closed. You opened the Sacred Realm, and he just followed you in while you were like in stasis. So, so uh, if Zelda didn't exist, or sorry, no, if, if Link didn't exist, uh, if Link just... didn't exist, Gandorf would have just kind of cooed the royal family, and that would have been the end of his evil. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. He would have been just like a really like tyrant king, but it's a monarchy. Like that happens every couple generations. <laughs> One generation, um, you just wait, wait it out, you know. <laughs> yeah, like that—that's just a thing that monarchies have to deal with is bad kings. Uh, no, but because he uh, uh, got access to the fundamental f- founding force of the world of power, he's now immortal uh, sage king. Uh, and the uh, Hyrule Castle Town is a wasteland full of zombies. Um, everyone has fled to Kakariko Village. Uh, the world is dark and full of evil now, and you need to go and fix everything. Uh, so that's what you go. That's what you start to go about and do. Uh, you have to go and rescue the reigning sages because Gandorf has imprisoned all of them. Only Rauru, who was kind of in the Temple of Time and kind of taking care of you, so Gandorf couldn't find him. Uh, he's the only one who's safe. Uh, this also sets up a lot of things in like Link to the Past because we heard in Link to the Past that like the Triforce was like uh, broken. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we learn the Triforce breaks when like somebody uh, just like. Somebody of like unpure heart touches it; it just kind of breaks the defense mechanism, and then you have to put it back together. To then you get your Dragon Ball's wish. Um, <laughs> and we don't know we we don't know what happened to the other two pieces of the Triforce yet. We find out later. Um, uh, but you go about you go to uh, different temples, and the nice thing here is that you're going back uh, with the with each temple you're you're really going back to a place you've already been to. So like mm-hmm. the forest temple, you're going back to the, to the Kokiri village, uh, fire temple. You go back to the Gorons, water temple. You're going back to the Zoras and you get to see, uh, you, you spent a lot of time and befriended people here as kids. And now everything sucks. Because <laughs> um, of you. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause like Ganondorf's evil has ruined everything. You've got to fix it. So the Kokiri are uh, the Kokiri force is kind of like infested with um, spiders and uh, evil plants, and the cor- the Kokiri people are like hiding uh, in fear because uh, they don't have a Deku tree. Um, so you go and clear the forest temple, and by clearing the forest temple and unleashing its power, uh, the Deku sprout that the uh, Deku tree kind of planted is able to bloom into a baby Deku tree and order is restored to the forest. The Gorons are all like enslaved and going to be fed to a dragon. Um, and you go and the dungeon actually has you like freeing the Gorons. Like it's a whole like mechanic because every single one has like a small key within its um within its jail cell, which is hindsight a little weird to put a key inside a jail cell, but it doesn't open the jail cell, so it's fine. Um, that's not how the... The jail cells aren't locked with locks. They're locked with, like, buttons. Um, so you go and you free the, uh, the Gorons and um, defeat the dragon, and it's great. Uh, what The other thing that's kind of implied as you go through is the sages all go- went to try and solve their respective uh, problems and they all die. <laughs> and like, this, is just, this is just off, off screen. Is that well, what like, Saria, Sar- you know, you're told by Mito that Saria went to the temple to go to the forest temple to try to solve things there. You don't find her. You find Phantom Ganon and uh, then you beat Phantom Ganon and Saria is now in the sacred realm. Uh, you go to free the Gorons, and Darunia is there. You run into him a few times in the dungeon, and he's like, Don't worry, Link. I'm going to go fight Vovagia, and I'm going to win. I don't need my ancestor's sacred weapon. That's too hard, and I don't like the puzzles to go find that thing. Uh, and he goes, You don't find him. Vovagia is still alive. He goes into the boss room. <laughs> 
and uh, then he's in the <laughs> sacred realm. Um, Ruto, uh, like the entire Zora kingdom is frozen. Uh, Ruto, Ruto is said to have gone to go to the water temple to save everyone. You go to water temple, you beat Morpha and you don't find Ruto. She's in the sacred realm. Now it's implied that's like the afterlife for them. Basically, um, they, their mortal (laughs) forms have died and now they are sages. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of with you. Okay. Let's 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 get to the main plot because I feel we're gonna we're gonna lose. No, no, I feel I'm, the amount I'm, of lore. I'm gonna wrap it up. You, you go through the Shadow Temple. Okay. Go through, and then the Spirit Temples. The Shadow Temples in Kakariko Village. You get to see how that things change. Spirit Temple. Uh, you go to the Gerudo, which is a whole new area, and it has a whole like sequence of like, um, you can go back in time seven years. Um, and warp to the spirit temple and you kind of help uh, the sage in that time go through it and befriend her and then you go back to the present now that you get the treasure there so you can open a door and go through it again and you fight her as like a mind-controlled boss you you fight the Ganondorf's adoptive parents um, <laughs> the uh, sisters who are terrible uh, Twinrova um and you, Gerudo is really where you learn. A, it's really focused on like who the people who raise Ganondorf, what they are. Like mm. the Gerudo are an all-women tribe, but every hundred years they give birth to a man, and that man is destined for like greatness or evil. Like they're a mm. child of destiny, kind of thing. And that's who there, there has to be is. some, yeah. Um. Which is why he's so powerful, he's so important, why the Gerudo followed him, because, like, uh, culturally, they follow, when a male is born to their tribe, they follow that person, because mm-hmm. that's, like, the child of destiny. That's how he was able to get them behind him, how he's able to get his coup off. Um, but by the end of the Spirit Temple, you've kind of, like, free. you, you kind of, like get the Gerudo bot on your side. They don't really like Ganondorf from what he's doing. Cause he's like becoming Satan. Um, okay. <laughs> and then you storm Hyrule castle. It's this big whole thing. You go, you have to like solve like seven, like mini temples in it to like infuse the sage's power to go up. Ganondorf's playing the background music on his organ. Um, he like, uh, possesses Zelda, you like fight him, you free Zelda, you've uh, you uh, have a big duel with him, and you kill him. And then the castle starts collapsing, you escape with Zelda, uh, fighting monsters on your way out, the big escape sequence. Then in the ruins of Hyrule Castle, after you escape, Ganondorf rises again as Ganon. He has incarnated into this horrible pig monster. You learn... uh, I'm skipping so much. You learn previously that (laughs) uh, Triforce of Wisdom was given to Zelda as the wisest person. You as the most courageous person were given the Triforce of Courage, which is how you're able to fight Ganondorf alongside the Master Sword. Um... And then you have a big fight. I didn't even mention Sheik. Zelda is pretending to be a ninja this whole time. And then at the end of the game, <laughs> after you have, it, after is, you have all the sages. Is this the first time we have Sheik? Yeah. This is the first time we have Sheik? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. This is the introduction of Sheik. Zelda is pretending to be a ninja this whole time because she learned how to be a ninja from Impa. Um, and she gets kidnapped by Ganon right before you go storm Hyrule Castle. Storm Hyrule Castle, blah, 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 blah. You fight Ganon. Uh, he's a big pig monster with giant swords. Epic fight. You kill him. You have to go a few rounds because the first round you, he knocks the Master Sword out. So you have to use like the big Goron hammer to smash his tail to like stun him so you can go get the Master Sword. And you plunge it into – I think you plunge it into his face and kill him. Um, and it's great. It's epic. It's amazing. The story ends – Everyone's happy. Um, the sages kind of mo- go on, like go on to their next life. Kind of, well, not their next life. They just go on to be spirit sages again, and they seal Ganondorf in the spirit realm. And that sets up Link to the Past because that's the backstory of Link to the Past: is that Ganondorf was sealed in the spirit realm and corrupted it. <laughs> and then Link goes back in time to when he's a child before he opened the spirit realm 
Well, and... okay, can pause me. Pause me here. So, so, so at this point, we've already set up the next game. Is that is that what you're telling me? We set up the previous game. You set up the previous game. Okay, so the, the time wise, it's the previous. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Link then goes back in time and starts a new timeline. Um, because to save everyone. Uh, he yeah he goes back in time to before he like picked up the master sword and let Ganondorf into the uh, sacred realm and basically like uh, gave Zelda the evidence he need she needed to like get Ganondorf arrested um, mm-hmm. before he has his coup Ganondorf is arrested and executed um, which leads to Twilight Princess because that's the backstory of Twilight Princess. And then Link goes off to go find Navi because Navi leaves at the end. And that sets up Majora's Mask. We have set up all the future games. Or Ocarina of Time, if you want to follow Zelda plot timelines, if you're insane like I am, Ocarina of Time is the divergence point. It's where everything, like, there are three timelines that come from this. There is, you, you lose the game. That is a timeline. That leads into Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. There is um, the adult timeline, which is... uh, That leads into Link... uh, No, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm getting my timeline fixed up. (laughs) If you lose the game, the sages seal Ganondorf into the Sacred Realm after a long war. That is um, the... That is linked to the past into Zelda One into Zelda Two. The two, if okay, you... and that's okay. So they're they retroactively are essentially creating the the like history of these games, yes. kind of in this game, right? Yeah, adult timeline link. Gandorf is killed, um, but the hero of time kind of goes back in time and stops existing. So that leads into. Um, uh, that leads into uh, Wind Waker timeline. Mm-hmm. Because Gandorf comes back, but the Hero of Time no longer exists. So no no one's there to fight him. Gandorf, so they flood the world, Wind Waker. Um, Link goes Which back in time and time. gets yep. Gandorf arrested and sentenced to execution. That's Twilight Princess timeline. And those are the the three kind of major timelines from there, yes. right? Yes. From, and from that, there's that still more games that are going to come out later that happen before <laughs> this game. <laughs> Skyward Sword. Uh, so, so Skyward Sword, Four Sword Adventure, Minish Cap. Um, there's a lot. Is like I think it's a weird thing because I think essentially if you're someone's playing a video game, they don't particularly care because I think I think sometimes it's tough to do a movie prequel. Like you, yeah, you can get like, bogged down in like really I kind of know what to happens. Know the timelines, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I find, and I, I'm I sure we'll I... do an episode. Where we just talk about those because I think that yeah. will be really fun at some point. But uh, okay, well, let me start with this, uh, Matt. Thank you for uh, giving the most succinct possible rundown is, of the plot. So <laughs> plot here, I didn't even talk about. This is like we we have exploded in amount of plot, like. But like just, just are... compare this to the previous episode. Like, do yourself that favor. Because in the previous episode, I believe we talked about a little bit how, like, oh yeah, we're really starting to see like a plot, an actual plot appearing. And now it's like, no, this is like a stupid amount of thinking went into this. <laughs> Someone yeah. at least put this on a post, like on a on a flow chart. There has to be some flow charts, all right? In yeah. some Nintendo, or I guess I don't know if Nintendo was already making it. Oh, how does that work? It was Nintendo. Yeah, it would be the studio making this game. It's Nintendo uh, in in one of their offices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So the plot, the plot's good. It's not. It's it's not like the best written plot. This is an N sixty four game. There's like a limited amount of text boxes you can read, um, but like it's a simple story done well. I would say um, you get investing character- some like heavier character like creation like sorry like yeah, backstory i, I, I kind of touched on it and i really liked how you have the child timeline you have the child um time where you get to like befriend everyone and then as mm-hmm. an adult everything sucks and you now have motivation to fix it you you saw how happy the gorons were and you want to and you go to goron city and it's empty it is oppressively empty and you feel it because it was like live and bustling before um 
Which is such and, a great narrative like device. Just just showing like just yeah. so you're there and you're like, oh, I actually explored this before and now it gets a re-explore. And Zora's domain is timeline. beautiful and it's a f- and it's frozen solid by the time you get there uh, as an adult. And you have an impetus to fix it. The one thing I would change in this game is when you complete the water temple and everything, you don't actually unfreeze uh, Zora's domain, which I think is just kind of a miss. I think it should have. I, sh- I think they should have uh, had a thing that happened that unfroze Zora's domain. That's my that's my nitpick. Um, the gameplay here in this game is really good. Um, it's I'd say it's aged really well, but its difficulty probably hasn't because, like, you know, this is one of the first 3D games. They're not going to throw, like, Dark Souls combat at you. Um, And I would argue some of the jankiness that I remember when I was playing this game makes it difficult if you're someone who's played more modern games, I would say. Like, just, just... Yes, yes, okay, yes, the locking on helps. Uh, but I have to say, like, it took me a while to figure to it, it was a it can be a little wonky at times, right? Yeah, like, depending yeah. where like, the I mean, this is the game that invented locking on, so it being a bit rough makes sense. Like, um, that was the difficulty for me sometimes. It's like, oh, I want to target this one thing, and it's I'm having a tough time switching between I, I, the I things. I think the targeting. toughest enemy to fight in this game is probably like a Stalfos. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really have a lot of tools to fight them with. You can kind of like jump attack them is pretty effective. Um, they'll block some of your strikes, uh, but they're not, they're pretty rudimentary by today's standards. Uh, but it, okay, it's I'm just really bad at the time. Game. That's what you're I got not, from this. <laughs> you're not in this game for the combat. Uh, you're in it to fight the bosses, which are like, uh, yeah. You know, Link to the Past started on the whole, like, you do a dungeon, you get an item, and that's the key to fighting the boss. This is the game that codified it. Like, there, mm-hmm. every single boss in this game, you fight using the thing that you got in the dungeon. Like, um, in order to f- you cannot fight Bongo Bongo without using the Lens of Truth, and it gets a lot easier if you're using the Hover Boots. Because uh, then you're not. And so you just combine those things that you actually found in in that particular yeah. dungeon. And you, I think you, I think I'd argue probably every game from like 2000 2005 uses this model. <laughs> every yeah. every like B tier GameCube game probably does something like this. Yeah, it's a good system because it's like it's treating it as the final exam for here's the new thing you got. Do you understand how to use it? And I think that's that's maybe. Um, like it was actually kind of funny for me or someone who's like i guess general kind of types of video games i played was so outside of this genre uh in some sense right um it was like i've seen games that play like this but i haven't been in games that that have all these bosses right like those are a lot a lot of times those games aren't uh i just haven't played right like just just yeah. the the way kind of worked out for me right i played rt a lot of rts games which are very there's big bosses but you're playing rts so it's a, it's a yeah. very different genre in that sense and so and so like i remember just like uh facing i think I, I think i probably got to the first or second boss um and and just being a little more frustrated because it was like in my mind i i like didn't have probably the patience to just be like okay no like there's there should be a trick to to beating this right yeah um and i haven't figured that trick out this is this is like the um this is probably one of the uh this game actually really does a good job on reusing dungeon items like this is a problem that zelda games kind of run into later on we'll talk about (laughs) it in twilight princess and skyward sword where like you'll get a dungeon item it'll be the coolest thing in the dungeon and then you'll leave it and you'll never use it again (laughs) <laughs> it's like uh, a one to it's a tool for one thing and then I'm it's like well this you, is not i'm looking at you uh twilight princess spinner my favorite item that is only used in one really cool dungeon um but this game is really good and the trick it uses to to accomplish that is when you become an adult a lot of the stuff you use as a kid you can't use anymore like mm-hmm. um the boomerang is for a child um and it's not an effective <laughs> only a weapon. child would use that it, it, it's it's not an effective weapon against the hordes of darkness and you can't really throw it, it to, to be fair they don't they don't pair you up with the hordes of darkness as a child so that yeah works a little better right <laughs> um 
you can't use the slingshot anymore because it's just too small. Because uh, it's made for like a ten-year-old, and you're like eighteen now. <laughs> um, but you get the bow, which is just way better, and you get this contrast where like you were using the slingshot, it was kind of like eh, but now you have a bow, and it just like it kills things. It's really good. You're <laughs> you're, you're dark and edgy and an adult now. Uh, but I I would also like I don't know if you've ever seen those like rock sling things. Yeah, yeah, that like people, people where you where you're like literally like whip it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, those are effective. Anyway, sorry. Side tangent. The, the slingshot <laughs> I'm talking about is like a little thing that shoots nuts. Pull it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you're, you're shooting peanuts yeah, yeah. at things. Like, <laughs> um, you're a child that's invented yeah. the slingshot for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and you you upgrade to like a compound bow, which is just <laughs> <laughs> I cannot under understate how much of an upgrade that is. Um, and you get a lot of really you got you get cooler things as an adult, like the hook shot. I think the only like somewhat redundant upgrade is the long shot over the hook shot, but that's mm -hmm. like that's a minor change. The, the, like the long shot. The long shot's such an improvement in range over the hook shot that I I still I look forward to getting the long shot um, whenever there I play this go. game. And All I right, have played uh, this game I think over the years. Yeah, I think it's probably time uh, to to kind of get into our final thoughts here, right? Unless unless there's anything we've missed um, that you don't like to talk about. Oh, I'll just mention that like the temples all have very unique. Wait, what, water temple. What was the problem with the water temple? Okay, is, is so that... the water temple is probably the most controversial temple in in dungeon in Zelda history, specifically the Ocarina of Time one. I don't think it's the hardest one. I think Majora's Mask's uh, water temple, Great Bay Temple, <laughs> is more convoluted. But um, the water temple basically like. Uh, there's three different water levels that you can set for the temple and there's different things accessible depending on the water level and in the original release it's not fully clear like uh, what each you, you can only change the water level at specific spots it's not entirely clear where all those spots are you kind of have to remember where they are and uh, there's some menu clickiness because in order to like, in order to walk along the bottom, you have to put on the iron boots. But iron boots aren't a C button available item. You have to open your inventory, uh, move over oh, to the really equipment annoying. screen, scroll down to the boots, switch over to the iron boots. Now you're wearing the iron boots. Well, you want to take them off so you can like swim out. So you have to <laughs> open the inventory, go over to the gear <laughs> menu, go down to the boots, switch over to the leather boots, and now you can swim back up. It was kind of, it, it was clunky, um, it wasn't like the best implementation, and trying to remember where all the water things and what water things did what was kind of confusing. So, in the remake, what they did was they added some color coding to the water things so you know where they are, they added arrows pointing to where they, to, to lead you to them so you don't have to remember where they all are, and um, they made the uh, iron boots into a sea item, and the dungeon is much better for it. I don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be, but like, I understand, I understand the complaint, so that makes sense. It's, it's, I think I think one of the things that like you don't like if, is if you're lost in a game, but it isn't obvious where to go next or what to do exactly well, yeah, next, that, and you're just kind of spinning your wheels. The other thing I forgot to mention is the Water Temple, the way it works is you're basically trying to find, you're in a big open area and you have to collect like six keys, and then mm -hmm. you can go down a corridor of locked doors to the boss. Mm -hmm. So like... Um, you find a locked, you, you find a key and you're like, perfect. I can go open that locked door. You open that locked door, solve a puzzle and you find another locked door. And you're like, well, wait, what? And you have to go back you and find it. You have to go back to where you were before. Cause you missed a key. <laughs> and you, you just keep doing that until you lock out. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's not their best design. There's things I like about it a lot, but I understand why people are frustrated by it. Uh, but it's an infamous dungeon in Zelda history. I think Great Bay's worse. I think, but... I think at the end of the day, all I'm really hearing is like it just it can be tedious, especially for someone it's who tedious, might not yeah. like that style of gameplay or that kind of like looking around for these. I think every keys. other dungeon except me. 
I, I think Shadow Dungeon's a bit too linear for its own good. It doesn't really, like... It has some cool imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I really like the whole, like, ghost ship fight with Astolfos, and you have to jump off the ship before it sinks. That's really cool. The The rest of the dungeons kind of, like, doesn't really do, do much. Um, but, mm. you know, it is what it is. Um, final thoughts, I'd say, for the game. Absolute classic uh play the remake um to like get the like it, the remake doesn't have to change a lot which i think is really a testament uh to mm-hmm. how well put together this game is um it is a classic for a reason it is foundational for gaming it's one of the things that like if somebody's like i want to understand how gaming evolved this is a game i would say you have to play it's like I, I think I mentioned a few of them earlier on. I said like Doom, Super Mario 64, this game, and mm-hmm. Deus Ex. Those are probably four of the games I would say are foundational to like gaming evolving. Modern, yeah. I I would uh, also add like I think to me when I think of like Zelda type a Zelda type game, uh, this is really what I think of. Right? I I, I don't know yeah. if that's fair to say, but like this is this is kind of the game that I think of, right? Not not the like first ones, and I think that might just be like when I kind of discovered gaming. Like maybe that's the difference, but this is kind of what I think of. And so, to me, playing this game would probably give you a good idea if you'd like to play some of the other Zelda games. Like if you like this style of game, I think you'll enjoy Zelda games in general. Yeah. Um, while I couldn't probably especially for the game boy games i don't think i could use that as an extension to other games as much yeah um, no I, so, w- I would agree so like you know i'll go to bat for 2d zelda but like um this is you don't know if you more... like zelda if you just play the 2d games i, yeah, I think exactly. it's really um but this this will really give you a good idea it's like you'll either really like this type thing and then like to be fair like the next game we go into right uh I, I think it's probably one of is Majora's Mask this? Yeah, okay, no yeah, yeah. Majora's Mask is right up this alley. Uh, so, um, but uh, yeah, up. I I think yeah, I think I think there's a couple games in here that it's like okay, this is like what we think of Zelda, right? So when you when you have like the new Breath of the Wild, it feels like such a departure in some ways, right, from Zelda. Um, and and I think I think when people say that it doesn't really feel like Zelda, I think they're thinking of games like Ocarina of Time. Yes, exactly. Uh, this this set down the formula that was followed until Breath of the Wild, which is why like Breath of the Wild is Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are so controversial. Uh, not mm-hmm. not not to say that people not like, controversial. It's just people the people who like the original games are are kind of just afraid that they won't ever make a game in that style again. Yeah. I don't know if that's fair. I, I think that's actually a fair like the success of those games means it's, it's very unlikely that Nintendo is going to kind of go back and make a game like this. That's not just a remake, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably the bigger the bigger kind of complaint, I guess. Because uh, I don't if if Breath of the Wild happened and then they like went and made a game that was more like Zelda, more like this. Uh, then I think I think there'd be less complaints about that kind of thing, but they just feel I, like I, I oh, think, this is the new I think the standard. path forward for Zelda is to find, and Tears of the Kingdom starts down this path is find mm-hmm. the in between from Breath of the Wild and this game, um, and like this it's gonna style, be really tough. <laughs> it, it's tough. Like I mean, they spent how many years making Tears of the Kingdom? Um, yeah. And they got like a little closer, but they're still not quite there. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is a little more focused, but I, I think what you get with Tears of the Kingdom is like, I, and I still haven't beaten that game. I, I think I'm still halfway through wherever wherever I was when I stopped. But part of me feels like, like I actually don't know if if I'd be so eager to play a third open world Zelda game once I beat Tears of the Kingdom because I think I think beating the first game to me was amazing and then and then I'm really enjoying Tears of the Kingdom but like I don't know if I have an enemy to play another one of those because they, they are very long right they're, yeah they're very long uh, very big I think yeah I'd really like if they had a nice like tidy one like this one again I say tidy after I like you know no no but but here's the thing like pl- plot how much and individual dungeons spend. 
<laughs> plot and in individual dungeons it's not it's not like it, it could even be more plot heavy right it yeah. could even be more focused and just have more cutscenes. and i think i think people would really like that like a more more kind of level based game right we're beating these levels and we're kind of just going through it and then here's the nice backstory as we go through it okay uh i think that'll probably it matt last last word here um there you go have a have a have at it what do you have to say play after majora's all this? mask play majora's mask <laughs> we're gonna recover it next um and uh oh yeah five year anniversary is happening so i think I, well i might as well just announce we'll be having this show uh we're just gonna kind of continue in our uh one one every month or one every two months kind of thing that we're doing um and uh that'll be that i think we'll stick with zelda now i think at some point we'll go back and do those pokemon things like the yeah. last couple pokemon episodes and stuff well i mean but they're I, gonna I think, release I think... another pokemon game at some point i know exactly so but i think uh just just because like we're kind of going at one month or once every two months i think it'd be fine to just keep going with zelda uh till send, we till we catch up to those Zelda games. pokemon uh burgundy and pokemon um <laughs> cerulean i don't know there you go Pokemon right, Saffron. <laughs> it takes place entirely in Saffron City. Pokemon Dynamite. All right. Um, <laughs> where there are no fire Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Oil um, and Pokemon Gas. <laughs> it's just an eco game. It's just only grass types. You're not allowed to play any other types. Um, <laughs> You'll learn, you'll learn about planting trees and stuff. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next time in Majora's Mask. Peace. Yeah.